Once again, Janet Lee, when you play songs like that, you just light up my life. God bless you for your talent. God bless you for the spirit. I had someone say to me yesterday that when you were playing songs last week, they just felt the spirit of God. And you know, I know that is true. And hello out there, everybody. We are so happy to have you with us. And we know that you will enjoy today as we get on with some more incredible revelation. And we're talking about the fifth day of creation. We're talking about the longest day of creation. And there are a whole lot of things that we want to cover today. Let's get started. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says in verse 11, chapter 3, verse 11, He, meaning God, has made everything beautiful in his time. When you use a term like everything, it doesn't leave for want of any other items. He has made everything beautiful in his time. God is telling us that there is a beautiful story. And if you look out in the world and you see grief and you see sorrow and and you see ugliness, you know, that is not because that is how he made it in his time. That is how it has become in the, the evolution of the time that belongs to the dark side. And it is a great promise, and it is a great hope, and it is a great exciting thing. Uh, you know, this, this, everything is beautiful in his time. And the possibility and the reality that that beauty still exists, but that, you know, it's, it's like maybe a great portrait, uh, that, that it has become very dusty, and maybe there's even a film over it so that you can't really see the beauty of it. But once that film and dust is removed, you can see it. And there are all kinds of things like that out in nature, like there are beautiful gems, uh, gemstones. But until you polish them, you can't see their beauty. And he goes on to say in this scripture, also, uh, he hath, hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Human beings, as we have taught, are a compound being. They are part flesh, which is the human body, and they are part spirit, which is the spirit or the angel of their presence. So it is so very, very important for people to understand that the spirit is even subject to our body. Uh, That was necessary for the survival of the body, and for the plan of the body. And uh, so the Bible says, you know, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you have the prophet, which is the spirit prophet, and you have the prophet, who is the physical prophet. And Jesus, uh, and uh, you know, understood that when they were asking him about John the Baptist. And when they says, uh, you know, who is this John the Baptist? And he says, well, if you will receive it, if you will receive it. He knew it would be difficult. He says, this is Elijah who was to come. 
Then they went to John the Baptist, and they said, who are you? Are, are you Elijah? And he says, no, I'm not. So people have misconstrued and misunderstood that that deep revelation of Christ and the and the the, the uh, what seemed to be contradictory, but was really not, because John was speaking about his physical body. He was not the physical body of Elijah. He he was born here as as a babe, and he had a baby, uh, you know, life and style that 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 uh, was totally different from that of of uh, of Elijah. Uh, Jesus was not speaking about the body style. He was speaking about the spirit, that he had the spirit of Elijah. And so they were both, you know, telling an actual case. But the point that we're making here, though, is that this body, which has a certain kind of jurisdiction, especially if we allow it to have that jurisdiction, uh, it, it has a way of overbalancing the things of the spirit. And so as long as a person does not have that capability of being able to to block out, you know, at times those things which are physically the natural uh, given of the, of the body, of the physical and physiological world, then it says they will never be able to find out the work that God, ha- that God has made uh, from the beginning to the end. Uh, there is a revelation of from the beginning to the end, the Alpha, the Omega, the whole story. And, and it is possible to know that story, but there are these interference energies uh, that are, are sometimes um, just uh, released from day to day in the human being, and, and they are in their heart's desire to accomplish those physical things, and they take prevalence over the spiritual things, and because of that, they are not able to know they are not able to know, the, the Lord said, because the world is in their heart. And it said no, no person with that condition is able to, to understand and to find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Now, in, uh, in verse 15, this most amazing thing, though, is given to us. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. There are many manifold, uh, you know, depths of that scripture. The 30, 60, 100 fold is for sure represented there. And as we look at that scripture, you can understand things like that which hath been is now. And the teaching of, of, of the manifest chronicles before Genesis is such a sensational revelation. I'm not saying this to try to 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 push any attention uh, to the book, but the book is what it is. It is an incredible revelation, and it tells the teaching of the energy dots and how that within those the infolds of those energy dots, those punctum dots, that that there is information and data that goes back uh, to all the universes that ever existed, uh, you know, prior to this universe, and that enfold all of the time and the the experiences. And so those um, energy dots, they go forward 
and they move forward in time to every new universe. Just like even before there was universes, there was the Alpha Ages, and those Alpha Ages have moved forward. Now, some of those things is not best for us to know, but there are other parts of those stories that God wants us to know, because until we know those things, as the Scripture said here, we cannot understand the works of God from the beginning to the end. And as I've explained to you many times, it says in the first chapter of Revelations in the 14th verse, you know, here's how I want you to write this book, John. I want you to write about that which was. I want you to write about that which is. And I want you to write about that which is to come. And and so the real plan of God, the amen challenge uh, that God is giving to his people is to know the whole story of that which was and that which is to come and that which is now. And, And so last week when we were telling you that when people say, well, you know, uh, only because Satan was was uh, created uh, could there be a, a tester and a challenge and could there be this thing of sin. Uh, but I explained, no, no, no. You know, before Satan, <clears throat> there was impetition. Before Satan, there was the Gogs and the Magogs, and, and they have been around since before any of the universes. And and that which is past is now. Those those uh, <clears throat> those uh, energies are present, and we have to understand that. They have to understand that 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 uh, they can be brought up by great evil forces. Um, for instance. There are, in the story of um, before Genesis, the seven thunders, it tells about the various powerful forces and entities that became evil. <clears throat> and they begin to um, uh, bring up these past things out of the energy dots that those were not the things they should have desired to know, but they were powerfully uh, evil. And I read to you... Um, you know, I think it was last week from page 64 out of the Seven Thunders Before Genesis book where it says, Oh God, you are not the one of, an- are you not the one of anterior beginnings that I spoke to about my servants, the prophets? And uh, saying, in latter times, you would come ag- against God's defenders and um, and you would you would be a principality image from worlds past. And the Lord is against you, Gog. Therefore, when your image is regenerated from the depths of the sixth dimension to be used against the leaders of God's defenders, I will expose your secrets. That was from Ezekiel 38:17 and Ezekiel 39:1 through 2. Paraphrased. <coughs> Excuse me. So these things that are given in this book are given from the the eye view of a seer. Uh, a seer is different from a prophet. A prophet gives us exhortations to the church and of the present time, and then uh, gets revelation about futuristic events. But a seer was of the old time uh, uh, revelation of, of select persons. And there are still seers today, but but you know there there are not many, and they're not known uh, to most people. And uh, a seer not only knows the future and the present, but the seer also can look into the past and know the past. And so uh, those things are very, very important uh, to reach that point in which 
the world that has been set into the heart and the minds uh, of of human beings can can be overcome and so that we can as entities find out what the works of God are uh, that are from the beginning to the end now I want to start in the in the book and I'll start this first today because you know we we haven't been able to get into all these all these uh, stories uh, uh, and parables in the way that uh, <clears throat> I've, I've really um, you know wanted to be able to do it so uh, what we are, are are doing is we're um, we're in the the fourth thunder and um, we're reading a story there in the fourth thunder. Uh, the fourth universe is also the fourth thunder, and it's called the Astrodon. And uh, it's the universe uh, of the sun. That doesn't mean our sun, but uh, a sun is a star, uh, you know, and a universe of wisdom. And uh, from this universe, uh, there transcended ancient wise, one, wise ones who became Yodafim angels and supreme lord lords of knowledge these lords made great laws and developed great codes that was on page 251 now we're going to be reading <clears throat> about an experience um you know called the chalice of wayne which is mentioned on 271 in the book and the chalice of wayne uh was a special a storage facility in which um, the um, the yadas of the fourth universe um, would store inventions and and creative uh, innovations that they thought um, might present a problem. Uh, sometimes, for instance, with computers, if they felt that the computer didn't have a proper um, uh, self-protection device to keep from developing to a point that that computer uh, would, uh, you know, become wiser than than, the, than its creators, uh, then they would put it into the Chalice of Wayne and leave it for some future time when, uh, you know, the, the, the group could decide that they were ready to experiment with it again and, and then agree whether it was safe or not. Well, it just so happens that... Uh, um, there was a a person that was lived at that time in this story called Piorti, and uh, uh, he uh, had occasion to be able to go through the this uh, uh, you know a great uh, chalice of Wayne uh, a warehouse and and museum, <clears throat> and he uh, discovered the discarded uh, construction plans. This is on page two seventy two. At that time, Piorti discovered the discarded construction plans for making of Rennies. Now, um, the Rennies was uh, plural for Rinnum, or Renan, and that was a, a created type of being that they had been working on, but they discarded it. The Rennie concept was about producing multi-scanning, flexu body form and robots careful, uh, care, uh, capable of assimilation, adaptation, and reaction. The design of the Rennies was of such potential that the commission rejected the project because they feared it being too complicated for guaranteed control. Nevertheless, 
Piarty's desire became fastened to developing the the Rennies. Quickly grabbing up every related dial, uh, data file, Piori stole the plans and whisked them away to Un's private hold. Working secretly, Piori began to develop the Rennies. After completing the first Rennie, Piori uh, named it Ripples and began a series of programming experiences which tailored ripple, uh, ripples to gra- uh, graduated levels of perception. Several yomes later, Piorti walked into the assembly lamb, uh, lab and frightfully noticed that Ripples was missing from the stupor chamber. Unknown to Piorti, Ripples had programmed himself with the huge information library, library at the hold. Then a voice quite granny. Granny was the name of... Uh, some of the people, um, like um, like you have the you had the, the uh, different names of the tribes of Judah, which represented different kinds of, of people within a group. Uh, the Gani was a name, <clears throat> something along that line. Okay, so um, it goes on. It says, uh, Peori. Piorti walked into the assembly lab, frightfully noticed that Ripples was missing from the stupor chamber. Unknown to Piorti, Ripples had programmed himself with a huge information library at the hold. Then a voice quite ganny but unfamiliar spoke. Reject! You are a reject! It was Ripples. Ripples, what are you doing here? And why are you speaking in a ganny voice? exclaimed Piorti. What rare trait brings you here, Piorte? taunted Ripples. What rare trait? This is my concave. I am the master here, roared Piorte. You are not my master. You are not fit. I am fit, but you are a reject, challenged Ripples. Gripped in a pause of memory, Piorte remembered Ayala's words of advice. When one puts a, a claim on things another has formed and created to wrest away another person's right of decision and authorship, that claim can become a curse. With a solemn jut of the jaw, Piorti authoritatively demanded, Go back to the stupor chamber now! Ripples immediately began ascetic fluctuation, creating an appearance of changing form to corrugated body folds. Realizing that this was a move by Ripples to focus a maximum capacity, Piorti quickly concentrated on mental imperviosity, but it was too late. Ripples enjoined Piorti's mind in a flash, taking memory data, reconstructing it, and assimilating it. The process put Piorti in a stupor. Instantly, ripples began to disperse Piorti's molecules and atoms to vapor form. With Piorti out of the way, Ripples began to thrust himself with full vigor into the making of other ripples. In Piorti's library was a transit disk on the gogs. It was this disk that Ripples used to reprogram himself as a foundation medium upon which to build all other input. It was in that same style that Ripples began programming all the created Rennies. Now that is a story that is very, very interesting to have and to read. And it, and it goes to show how that uh, when a person moves out of the fellowship of, the, of, of a group that's like the commissions, uh, the commission who is selected, chosen to make the right decisions for the benefit of the whole community, 
and how that sometimes when a person feels so right, uh, you know, that they want to do something their own way. And even though the the Rennie's uh, concept was not his invention, uh, they sort of want to take it over and, and see what they can do with it. And as a result, uh, you know, this planet almost... Um, was destroyed by the Rennies. And there's quite a story here that, that it goes into uh, and how that these Rennies, because he, uh, Ripples had access to this library, he was able to uh, to copy uh, data and, and uh, DNA information of all the Gannies and, and most of the people uh, in the whole community, with the exception of the Yadas, uh, who were not uh, uh, they they were not ever um, uh, uh, allowed or or uh, desiring to have anything copied of all their nature because they were in a special uh, achieved uh, place uh, that they had reached through uh, their sacrifices and and uh, dedication of life. And and so there is a story there, and uh, I want to connect that now with. Um, uh, another story um, that, and I've, I've read little touches of this to you before, but, but you know, it just ties into the teaching. In, on page 282, uh, this is, a, is still the fourth thunder, and uh, they are having a problem with this, uh, with this R-morph, um, which um, has uh, begun, it's like, it's like a plant, but it's be, begun to take over uh, parts uh, of their world, and this plant could raise up and sort of take on body forms, uh, and so um, uh, it 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 is quite quite a story, and uh, it is uh, certainly well worth um, you know you reading. Um, Suddenly, strange creatures rose up from the morphic fiber and headed our way. It's page two eighty two. But how could they see us or know where we were? We were invisible. Just then from uh, 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 Decagon, a phototransition from our leader began. Our morph has read the heat register from your invisible feet and presence. Mind power, the, the morph yadas to go against the creations or the creatures. Ignore all else and go to the source. Instantly completing this command, we urgently pondered with deep thought the source. Um, wasn't the Rennies the source? But they were destroyed. How did the Rennies create the morph creation? They programmed it, of course, but how? And there is this thing about halation. So we see that even when the, Mor the Rennies had been destroyed, their works had still been left. We can see this in the Bible uh, in connection to uh, to Lucifer, that even after uh, the war that is described in Revelations 12 uh, and and uh, Lucifer's defeat, uh, there were things that prior to his defeat that he had done, uh, and this would have long-term consequences. Those things would take lifetimes. And, and eons uh, of, of periods uh, before they would totally be overcome. And so um, when you understand that that, that which is, is past is that which is now, 
and 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 that which is now is that which is to be, uh, and God requires that which is past. Um, God is always requiring the the things of the past that have not worked out, that have failed, uh, that have cluttered. Uh, his universe and he keeps allowing those to come forward because God's ultimate plan uh, is to to um, uh, make those things to become purified um, I'm not trying to make any statement there about uh, uh, the salvation of any entities but the fact that that everything that is in God's uh, heaven of heavens and God's universes ultimately are going to be brought about to a place of purification and if those certain rebellious entities are um are still too pronounced even in their history then god will c continue to purify that history uh as we will see in other scriptures and and references that we will get into and uh so we we talked about in the introductory letter uh that we were going to talk about uh, how came the dinosaurs and how came the pre-Adamic uh, humans um, and how that uh, there were many mysteries that needed to be understood of the happenings of the past and there was the mystery of the DNA and the mystery of time and the revelations and mysteries of implants into the human race that was yet to be surfaced. And we also talked about how that uh, in this introductory letter to, the, to today's teaching that Satan plans to restore the tree of life. Um, uh, this this is, is also very interesting. When uh, in the second book of, of Thessalonians, it talks about um, that this... Um, uh, this this entity that would that would sit in the temple of God and uh, that and that the multitudes would would follow uh, and and would believe in and they would accept uh, that he was the Messiah that he was the God uh, it it will be because um, his genius will provide uh, uh, programs for the people, uh, programs that the governments have not provided, programs that uh, religious institutions have not provided, programs uh, that that uh, uh, the majority of individuals were not interested in providing for anyone except themselves. Uh, but he will provide it, and, and, and when people begin to see this incredibility and the genius of it, and how that people are having their life extended, having their health extended, uh, and many, many uh, things that will be a part of, of his presentation for his kingdom, uh, they will just be sold. On, on his ability and and uh, he will tell them I'm going to restore to you the tree of life and I'm going to bring you into a place of, uh, of peace and happiness unheard of in all the annals of history and so that's how that part of it you know will uh, will be will be brought about and uh, it's uh, you know very 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 interesting uh, to know and to consider now uh, we've been getting into a lot of different uh, really interesting things uh, in the book of Genesis. We talked about how that um, in the uh, beginning parts of uh, the book of Genesis, uh, you know, there are these places um, that say, um, uh, and God, uh, and God uh, saw that it was good. And um, 
And uh, like in the 10th chapter of Genesis 1, you know, and God saw that it was good at the end of that verse. And we've said that uh, that is really not uh, the best translation uh, for those words, uh, you know, that uh, uh, it, the, the better uh, translation, uh, which comes from the prime, wrote, uh, prime root to be, uh, should actually be what the prime root is. And, and so God saw that it was to be. Not God saw that it was good, because uh, there are things in here uh, that would make that contradictory to other parts of the Bible, some of those things that actually did not turn out to be good, uh, but they did turn out to be. And, and uh, there are other um, uh, similar ways that it was said, said in the book of Genesis, like the 15th verse of the first chapter, uh, where it says, and it was so. So, and it was so, and, and, uh, and God, uh, called it to be, or God allowed it to be, are very similar. They, they are aligned. And, and that was the original, uh, meaning and, and thinking of that. So, what we're really doing as we open up all these fascinating realities is we're, we're showing people, uh, uh, you know, things that have been misunderstood and and uh, by being misunderstood uh you know they people have not been able to get to the truth and and a lot of this uh, you know is because the bible says that the world is in the heart of these people and and that includes uh, ministers and evangelists and scholars and and uh you know uh some pretty advanced uh, uh people with with a lot of intellect but but uh they're um, their intellect is wrapped up with a lot of worldly coloration that affects them from being able to see the deep inner truths that can only really be known by a purging of themselves and and, and a getting into you know uh, the holy uh, spirit holy ghost of god so that the anointing uh, would reveal you know the works of god that otherwise are hidden so that 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 has been a really uh, beautiful thing. Now, some years ago, there there was a well-known uh, 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 gentleman by the name of C. I. Schofield, uh, who was a doctor of divinity, and uh, he wrote about angels because he he was he was a Baptist, but he 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 came under some fire when he came up with some of these ideas, but but he was quite good. Uh, at his translations and 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 pe- people found it difficult to challenge him uh but but what he came up with was that um that uh like in the the term angel uh you know uh, was which meant messenger was used uh, to de- to describe god used to describe men uh, and used to describe orders of created spiritual beings whose chief attributes uh, were strength and, and wisdom. And uh, he gives all these scriptures, Second Samuel 14.20, Psalms 103.20, and 104.4. And uh, then he mentions that in the Old Testament, there were expressions of scripture in which it talked about the angel of the Lord, or, or sometimes the actual translation was angel of God. And he said it usually imply, implied the pres- presence of deity in angelic uh, form. And he gives all kinds of scriptures, 
Genesis 16, 1 through 13, Genesis 21, 17 through 19, Genesis 22, 11 through 16, Genesis 31, 11 through 13, Exodus 3, 2 through 4, Judges 2, 1, Judges 6, 11 through 16, Judges 13, 3 through 22. And he showed by these scriptures, you know, that, that, um, that, uh, that some of the angels, and, and there's more scriptures than I care to take the time to give to you, but uh, that that uh, were called the angel of the Lord, like in Genesis 16, 17, or, and the angel of God, like in Genesis 21, 17, and uh, then the angel of his presence, Isaiah 63, 9, uh, and uh, the angel of the covenant, um, uh, uh, Malachi 3, 1, and it says he is clearly identified, or this is what Schofield said, clearly identified with the Lord himself in his self-manifestation to man. So in Genesis thirty-one eleven through 13, when the angel said to Jacob, I am the God of Bethel, and in Exodus 3, 2 through 6, uh, where the same angel said to Moses, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, divine, uh, you know, attributes and, and prerogatives uh, are ascribed to those angels. And when he says, um, when the angel speaks to Hagar, Hagar and says, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly in Genesis sixteen ten, and uh, Hagar spoke of, uh, him as the all-seeing God, verse 13. Jacob refers to him as as an angel who redeemed me from all evil, Genesis 48:16. And the place where the angel appeared was holy ground. He was to be wor- he was to be worshipped, uh, Exodus 3, 5 through uh, 6. Uh, whereas uh, worship is sternly forbidden in the case of ordinary angels, Revelations 22:8 through 5. The angel of the Lord was the keeper of Israel, and his voice had to be obeyed, for the name of God was in him, Exodus 23:23. 23 23. So in the light of all of those things, uh, you know, Schofield had to recognize and and thought it, you know, uh, a bearing thing upon him to uh, teach others that sometimes angels of the Lord in the Bible are actually the Lord. And he's just appearing in you know, a, a, a different body, and and he's ministering prior to him, him coming as uh, Jesus the Savior. He has other ministries in angelic body forms. So those things, you know, are extremely uh, important. And uh, then, you know, we've had to come to understand things like uh, terms like forever and evermore and everlasting and eternal because one of the things if, that that humankind are really mixed up on uh, from the teachings they've had in the Bible is the understanding of time, the mystery of the time. And uh, when the Bible says uh, forever and ever, uh, what does that mean? Is, is that... Uh, mean that uh, if, if you know people have thought that forever never had an end, but when it says forever and ever, it becomes very uh, um, you know clear to understand that forever does have some kind of an end, and that it has to mean something else. And the manifest we usually say two forevers equal one eternity, and then even when we're talking about 
you know, eternal and evermore and forever and all of that. Uh, we've come to understand from, um, you know, uh, the revelation of the Lord. Uh, like, for instance, uh, you could look up in the Strong's Concordance uh, in the Hebrew Dictionary, uh, number 5769, and uh, come to a, a revelation of... Um, a thing called the vanishing point. And the vanishing point means that the persons, they they cannot see the end of, of, of the statement forever. It is such a vast amount of time. It is so great of distance and 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 uh, and of of a continuum continuum that is just beyond what their mind can comprehend. And so <clears throat> that lack of being able to comprehend the meaning of that word uh, is caused it to be described as the vanishing point. It doesn't mean that the term has vanished. It doesn't mean that the definition has vanished. It just means that the human's capability to comprehend the length, the expanse, the duration is so absolutely vast that it's beyond comprehension to put it in terms, especially when their own life is only at, at, at best maybe uh, an average of 70 to 80 years. And so when you start you know, getting into these things where you're talking billions and trillions and, and then beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond all of that, uh, it gets to be a vanishing point. And it gets to be a, a thing that is concealed, that's just like incomprehensible, and, uh, and time, <clears throat> time that is out of mind, time without end. And so those kind of things are under, are important because, like last week, we talked about uh, you know the scripture in the Bible in Genesis one fourteen, and uh, we read it to you uh, where it it says, and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days and years." And we revealed that you know that we are on. Uh, star time because the sun which is talking about being created there is a star and so we are on star time and that is very very important so <clears throat> being on star time uh, you know we, we, we begin to understand that we have to designate this star time and it, it has uh, official reference of language uh, to to uh, meter uh, uh, the meaning of ages and the happenings of the earth, and when they use the word yom uh, in in the scripture, yom is such a broad potential uh, word of many meanings. Uh, it can mean a twenty four hour day. Uh, it, it it can mean you know a generation. It can mean years and ages. Uh, it can even be talking about uh, um, time as it would refer to seasons, like winter and spring and fall and so forth. And so uh, we begin to understand when we are looking at the, at at the Bible to get into the term of the language and to understand the Hebrew word yom. Um, you know, Y-O-M some, uh, or Y-O-M-E, uh, that, that, uh, that this, this has to be tapped in in, in a, a very, very important way. Now, today we've got people that are 
so concerned about the end of the world and the rapture and and uh, the destruction that's coming that um, they are having problems comprehending the promises of God. Uh, you know what what God has really said. Uh, you know about uh, about the promises, like the promises that God made after the flood, uh, that is described in the eighth chapter of Genesis, uh, beginning with the twenty first verse. And the Lord smelled a sweet savior, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time, and harvest, and cold, and heat, and summer, and winter, and the day and night, the, uh, and day and night shall not cease. God made a promise, and he even gave a, a rainbow as a covenant of it. And, and he, he says that uh, I'm not going to cause there to be you know, uh, an obliteration of the whole world as I did in the flood. And, and, as, and as long as, as uh, you know, uh, we are not to the end of the, of the sun, uh, you know, we're not to the end of, of, of uh, you know, what, what I've created and of star time. And, and, and you know, uh, scientists have estimated that there's at least another five billion years left for the sun. They say that after that, then, you know, uh, it'll have used up its, oxygen, its uh, hydrogen and uh, then it'll, you know, begin to change uh, uh, into a huge uh, orange type of star, and and um, and then uh, all of the uh, the uh, planets that are you know within a, a certain proximities of the sun will just begin to be drawn in by the gravity and 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 sucked up into the sun itself, and all of those kind of things, and that so that you know the sun will actually come to an end and and the earth will come to an end and it will be folded up and it'll be gone that's going to happen someday for some of these people that are talking about you know you're going to live in peace on the earth forever and they don't understand that forever has an end uh then they're going to be very disappointed if they were living for the, during that time and so god wants the people to know these things have the knowledge of these things so that they're not left out now we also understand that in Isaiah 54, uh, referring to that uh, that same uh, you know verse of uh, and promise, that uh, God God says this, um, you know, uh, for for a small moment I have forsaken thee, but will, will with great mercies, but with great uh, mercies will I gather thee. Uh, in a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I should not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Now, God is saying here that that promise that he made in Genesis 8, uh, which was also... Uh, capped off in Genesis 9, 15. I'll read it in a minute. But he's saying that, that it, you know, when people say, yeah, but that's just talking about the flood. There's not going to be an, a flood. But it doesn't say there won't be other things. But here in the scripture, it says that the waters of Noah, 
uh, and where they destroyed like the whole earth at the time that that there are other things that could happen uh and that are described within this 54th chapter of you know great wars and great destructions and how that those great wars and great destructions and horrible uh kinds of of hostile and even things of nature uh that that whenever they reach a point where they they could like be threatening to destroy the whole earth that that is equal to god as as the as the flood of noah and and that he is not going to allow it because he has made a covenant and he's made a promise that that was not going to happen and in addition to that promise he's also made the promise of a covenant with god's people and that that for the things that they do suffer, God is going to redeem them. He's going to bring them through with his love and his mercy and his grace. So, you know, some of the people that are talking about that just any day, the whole world could just be destroyed like like it was destroyed in the days of, of the dinosaurs. That dinosaurs, of course, were way before that promise and way before the flood. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, that, had to, that was uh, a totally different thing because it was dealing with a different kind of entities. But, but uh, as we see here in this revelation, people need to know the Bible. They need to know the Word of God. They need to know that because if they don't know it, and they've got all this this uh, you know sur- uh, just survival of of their earthly house in their heart, and 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 their relatives and their friends, and that's what is in their whole heart, and they don't understand that you know like like uh, uh, God is not going to destroy the whole earth again as it was allowed to be done in the days of Noah. It's, it's a different story. It's a different thing. God has given a covenant. He's given a guarantee. So either we believe God and say, well, I think God changed his mind since then. I don't think he intends to keep his promise. Then we're making a liar out of God, and we're making a person uh, whose word is not any good. And, 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 and it would be very difficult to trust that kind of love. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get the word straight. We, got to get, we have to get the word straight. If we don't get the word straight, that is a sign that the world is possessing your heart to such an extent that you cannot see the works of God. Here is a great work of God. God looking and loving and having grace and having mercy and saying, you know what? I'm going to give you a guarantee. I'm not ever going to allow this to happen again. And then he gives the sign of, of his covenant in Genesis 9:15. And so there's a lot more that can be read here, and there's a lot more that can be brought into it. And sure, there's, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be places in what on the earth which there will be earthquakes, which which there will be all kinds of uh, of tsunamis, all kinds of destructive things. Uh, those things are. Uh, are all part of living here on earth. They're all part of the Tartaru. Uh, Jesus said, you're going to have earthquakes. You're going to have famines. Uh, you're going to have all these things. Because he knew that that was just something that people living on earth would have to you know, get, get an understanding of. And as I've preached before, that if you know that you're living in an in a, in a earth uh, uh, zone that is just ready to go uh, in, based on the, the cycles, uh, then, you know, and you're not wise enough to move away and get out of that danger zone, then, you know, you could become susceptible to it, you know. But, but, but God uh, wants you to get the 
too much of the world out of your heart. That doesn't mean you're you're to not uh, appreciate uh, the physical things of of life and 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 some of the physical things of the world. Uh, God isn't asking that, but He's asking that you put the Lord your God first before you put all those other things, and that you love Him with all your heart your mind, your soul, and your strength. So as we begin to get into those other, those kind of understandings, and we begin to understand that we are on star time. So when these, when, as I explained to you last week, that we're talking about these generation days as described in Genesis 2 verse 4, that those are generation days, and those generation days, uh, are referring, uh, to, to incredibly immense, vast periods of time. And as we understand those vast periods, of time and that they are not 24-hour periods and and uh, uh, you know then people begin to understand the word of God now we know there are a lot of scriptures uh, that tell us a lot of things and uh, we know that in John 21 25 uh, that the Bible says in, in in the Gospel of John I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written amen there are books that should be written. But why can't they be written? Because the people have the world in their heart. And so these things can't be written because, as it says in, in, in John 1, the world did not comprehend the things that Jesus was saying. Jesus, Jesus did indicate there's going to be a change of that. And the day would come that, that we would do greater works than, than he could do because of the unbelief. And then... There's a scripture, a scripture in Habakkuk 2, 2. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. There is a place in God that God is wanting us to get this word out and it to be so clear that people are going to be stirred up and, and, and they're, going to become, they're going to become runners with the message. They're going to become messengers, you know. And then there is the scripture in Revelations 1, 4, 11. Uh, Revelations 1, 11. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it into the seven churches, the fullness of the revelation. So throughout all the churches, throughout the universe, is what God wants. And he wants it to, to be written down. He wants it to be protected. We've been told that the days will come that, that the cosmocrator, who, who the, uh, the Bible tells us uh, uh, in Ephesians 6.12, uh, when you translate that through the concordance you find that it means world ruler and and that it that the name of that world ruler you know uh is 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 given and um uh you know there'll be days that there will be a, a time in which uh we've been told in prophecy that that this this force this cosmocrator uh will want to destroy everything of the manifest realization of the holy manifest that has been written and so when you people are copying down the blogs and copying down uh, these words and, and as you pray that God will help me in every way that I can uh, to be able to get the rest of this word uh, out and written. I've got all these books that need to be to get out and it takes, it. I need help. I need help. Uh, you know, um, I don't like to say financial help. I need financial help. But the thing of it is, <clears throat> I need I need other people 
and and these people you know some of them have to be paid for various things they do because they don't have another any other way to make a living and and uh i need i need more help to get this these out and and to you know be able to put things together for me as i need it uh i am just determined in my heart i had recently had a couple people that were saying to me you know you just rarely ever mention money on your broadcast and i say yeah and i don't intend to start you know i hate to mention it it's something i i i just don't have in my heart to do but they say well you know one of them said well let me ask you a question do you, when people send you, uh, you know, money, uh, you know, say like through the PayPal or send you a check in the mail, do do you ever write them and thank them? And I says, well, you know, just to be honest with you, once in a while I do, but most of the time I don't even write these people and, and tell them thank you because uh, I, I don't want to get commercial. I don't want to get, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for this, and, and I hope you'll be sending another one, and when do you think you could do that? I, I can't go there. That's not in my heart to do that. So you under, you people understand, please understand, that if I don't write you back and say thank you for this offering, that doesn't mean that we didn't really need it. That doesn't mean that, that it wasn't really appreciated. It just means that, that I don't want to turn turn uh our our wonderful uh you know uh blogging and 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 our our teachings on the on the on the broadcast and all the things we're doing i don't want it to turn it into a, a commercial thing that's slang to me and and uh so i just turn it over to god and i pray for those people i mean they do end up getting my prayers for blessings upon them but but you know chances are if you even if you sit in a large amount of money you may never get back something from me saying thank you uh you know because because you know i consider these things that is something that god is doing through you and and i praise god and i also pray for you but just so you understand that if i don't answer you back that doesn't mean oh we've got so much money we don't even hardly acknowledge having received it that is so far from the truth that that is a tear anyway all i want to say about that let's go on so then you know god is wanting us to to get this word and like in revelations 119 which i often quote it says write the things you have seen that which was that which is and that which is to be god has a plan but you know there are things that have happened over the course of history and and um over this course of of history uh there have been things that have been lost and only can we understand this uh by uh, a revelation a manifest revelation uh for instance there are lost books that are mentioned in the Bible. We're told to read these things, but we can't read them because those books are lost. Like, for instance, the book of Nathan the prophet, uh, mentioned in First Chronicles 29.29. The book of Gad the seer, mentioned in First Chronicles 29.29 also. The book of the wars of the Lord, in Numbers uh, uh, 21.14. The book of the Acts of Solomon, in First Kings 11.41. The book of Jasher, mentioned in Joshua 10.13 and 2 Samuel 1.18. The book of the Law of Moses, mentioned in Joshua 23.6. The prophecy of, of Ahijah, the, the Shilamite, in 2 Chronicles 9.29. The visions of Idu, the seer, 2 
Chronicles 9.29, the book of the Chronicles of Judah, 1 Kings 14.29, the book of Chronicles of Israel, 1 Kings 2.19, the book of, of Shemaiah, the prophet. Or Shemamiah the prophet, Second uh, Chronicles twelve uh, fifteen, and the book of Jehu, uh, or Jehu, Second uh, Chronicles um, uh, twenty thirty four, and the role of Baruch, uh, Jeremiah thirty six uh, thirty two, and there are more. But those are are books that we're told to read, but you can't read because you know they're not there, they're not there, and so God is raising up a people you know there's a there's a german word uh that's you know been translated into english and other languages it's called gestalt and uh, it's spelled g-e-s-t-a-l-t and it's really quite a word because it describes quite a thing and it means a physical biological psychological con uh, configuration uh, a pattern of elements so unified as a whole that its properties cannot be derived from a simple summation of its parts. I'll read it again. Gestalt, and that's G-E-S-T-A-L-T. A physical, biological, psychological configuration, a pattern of elements so unified as a whole that its properties cannot be derived from a simple summation of its parts. Now, in a little bit deeper way of talking about it, in a perceptional structure, uh, the composition may present uh, a visual pattern which includes not only the visual objects, but which include the spaces between them, so that sometimes the deep of the deep is much more pronounced and profound than people would guess because sometimes they will look at only the physical uh, object but they won't understand that the space that is between them is part of what get, makes dimension and without that space you don't have dimension you just have a blur and things clumping and running together so here we have this incredible importance of understanding that sometimes even space which might seem to be just vacuum and nothing uh, is much more than it appears and just by the fact that it is uh, important to be uh, con considered in in the understanding that without considering it we never will be able to derive uh, from a, a simple summation which a simple summation uh, would not include that space <coughs> and therefore uh, you would you would not be understanding all its parts but when you get into the proper summation and you understand you you have to uh in include those parts uh then the revelation of parallels begins to rise and uh uh in construction of that uh of those realities uh you have uh, a becoming uh that is profound so those to me are wonderful and beautiful uh revelations that just you know need to to really be understood uh as we talk about these things about the universe you know some long long time ago like maybe 40 years ago i wrote this about the quotum q u o t u m to understand the crystalline lattice structures of the universe one must be able to comprehend <coughs> excuse me 
the quotum of degrees, the quotum of mass, the quotum of energy, and the quotum of resolution, the quotum of all cosmic substance uh, that falls into three categories. And then I introduced this revelation, which is a mathematical revelation called TRIT, uh, capital T, capital R, capital I, capital T major, the total resolute involutional termination of all matter to the cosmic scroll stage. Two, trit major, the total expanded volume potential of the cosmic scroll. And, and uh, trit uh, minor, uh, the total resolution in transit or the total variance potential of mass or energy lattice trajectories or composition. Now, those things might seem just like crazy and far out, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, they're not. They're, they're absolutely uh, important about understanding uh, the totality of things that God wants you to know. And God, uh, if once you get your heart right to where the world is not, uh, is not uh, the pronounced thing in your heart, but but the the desire of God is is uh, pronounced and first, uh, God will make it so you'll understand those things. Now, we also taught at that time uh, that of inversion that with that there was a wave print uh, of the soundtron that exists as an inversion mode, and so that at any time as a universe is going out in this uh, trith, uh, you know. Uh, 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 consideration and um, uh, you know substantiation that uh, there is the potential in which in the an inversion remote a mode reversal principle uh, uh, you know which is the general atomic uh, uh, inversion of all universal matter structures and and and, and affects the oscillatory motions of the universe that they are halted by the inversion which automatically is coded into effect and at this instant the atomic lattice of all universal matter will begin emitting inverted wave emissions of antimatter frequencies uh, during the event of this process the electromagnetic waves of all particle properties will become magnetized to the energy focus of the first domain and it goes on with things about logistical rhythmatics and how that that is a manifest of God's geometrical design of the sacred geometry of the universe and the logistical manifest of matter and energy concerning the scale of its vibrations, its temples, and accelerations. Those are beautiful things. But, you know, like we were saying, there's so many things that people have not understood. And one of those things has a lot to do with the mystery of the time. Now, this mystery of the time is really something that you need to know. Because if you can't come into this understanding, like we taught last week, of the three and a half billion years uh, that occurred uh, uh, during which time there was no no sun and moon, and that this this light that is first mentioned was not the light of the sun, but was, was aura light, and that there was a spiritual uh, creative time that lasted uh, three and a half billion years, uh, you know, and, and those each were 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 uh, generation ages that were called yoms or called days. Now, the mystery of the time, that that is a subject that is very related to scriptural verses of the Bible. And uh, although it has been per perplexing and confounding uh, uh, as, as a riddle might be, uh, it, and it's not difficult to see why um, that this is the case, uh, when first of all, the Hebrew language itself is, is rather difficult to define.
Like we talked about a little ago, a little bit ago, the word yom, uh, you know, uh, as uh, spelled Y-O-M-E and defined in Strong's Concordance in Hebrew Dictionary uh, to be day, age, elder, end, evening, forever, everlasting, perpetually processed, year, etc., the first uh, chapter of Genesis, the Hebrew word yom, was translated to day. And because of the limiting words, evening and morning, night and day, and because of the uh, numerical words, one through seven, which were the number of, of each day period, uh, for hundreds of years, it's been assumed that uh, these were literal days. So this gigantic error was made uh, not when the scholars correctly used the limiting phrases and numerical uh, names to translate the word yom in Genesis today, but when in their personal um, interpretations of the context, they literalized the translation rather than following the scriptural context of Genesis' own interpretation. The true interpretation given in Genesis of the meaning of day was manifested and given in Genesis 2.4. And said, these are the generations of the heaven and of the earth when they were created in the day that God made the earth and the heaven. Therefore, it's clearly stated that the one through seven days of creation were days of generation. These are universal ages, star ages. In other words, these were ages and mornings and evenings were depicted as the beginning and the ending of those periods and ages. So one can search the scriptures and you can see there's all kinds of symbolic uh, interpretation of, of the word yom, like in Numbers 14, 33 through 34. Numbers 30, uh, 14, 33 through 34. We see days um, uh, as symbolic of years and, and how the children wandered in the wilderness 40 years. And it says, bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. And after the number of days, D-A-Y-S, in which you search the land, even 40 days, and you shall know by breach of promise, uh, also Ezekiel 4, 5 through 6, um, it is, um, uh, it, it says that I have laid these years uh, of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days, so shall they bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Here is where we see days are appointed for a year. So throughout, <coughs> excuse me, throughout the Bible, we can see um, so many incredible revelations. When the, word, when the word is lifted up where people can really get into it, you know. And Jesus spoke, uh, you know, of the spans of time as generations. Verily I say unto you, these things shall not come upon this generation. Matthew twenty four thirty six. So it is so absolutely, absolutely important to understand all the many, many things, you know, um, uh, it uh, like chapter twenty fourth chapter Matthew is not fulfilled to this day. On the seventh day, God ended His work, uh, you know, and and the seventh day became the Sabbath, 
um, uh, the Sabbath of ages was the seventh generation day of ages. Uh, Leviticus 25, 8 through 22, we discover the land Sabbath. Every seven years, the land was to be given a rest uh, for from planting and cultivation. And so we see that Sabbath means a lot of different things. And, um, and thou shalt... Uh, the Bible says, thou shalt, and this was in Leviticus 25, 8, I believe, and thou shalt number seven Sabbaths, seven Sabbaths of years unto these seven times seven years. And the space of the seven Sabbaths, seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Now we see how a Sabbath turns into forty-nine years. And, uh, and we begin to see we've got, you know, all of these these uh, different significant numbers uh, in regards of seven. So we have the Sabbath of days, the Sabbath of weeks, the Sabbath of years, and we have the Sabbath of generations. And, and th those are nothing to be taken lightly of. They're, they're very, very important. And uh, then when we started uh, getting into this revelation of the book of Genesis, uh, oh my, there, there, were, there was so much. So let's just turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. i got to keep moving here. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. We explained that uh, even though the term earth is used for the benefit of of um, modern readers uh, understanding what it was talking about, um, uh, the earth was not the earth uh, when it wasn't didn't have a form and when it wasn't void. And uh, so uh, it didn't become the earth until, you know, the progression of the creation uh, was uh, was continued. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And this light here is not sunlight, it's aura light. And uh, God moving on the face of the waters is a description of, uh, of you know, like entities. Waters mean entities. And, and that is such a huge, gigantic, big, 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 uh, you know, revelation. I'm going to get into a bunch of scriptures uh, if, if we have time on this thing of the water. But, but um, uh, as, as we get into that, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and even in the morning were the first day we're talking generations. And, and, uh, and God said uh, um, in verse um, Nine and God said, "Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear." And it was so. So we have to understand that sometimes when it says waters, it means waters, like H two O. Other times when it says waters, it means people, like Revelation seventeen verse fifteen. And the angel interpreted to John what the meaning of waters were, and he said, "This represents people, nations, kindred, tongues, and and etc." Uh, so we, we see that, that there are, just like in any dictionary, when you look up a word, many different levels uh, that, that there can be in which uh, there can be, um, you know, these these um, waters having different relevant meanings. Now, um, we got into this fifth day, and uh, we read, uh, you know, uh, a very interesting word, which we, we uh, connected to the Akka revelation, uh, A-C-K-A-H, <clears throat> and it was the word fill. And, um, and we, we, we've, you know, this is just, uh, you know, quite a, um, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful revelation as we uh, 
really get into it because it helps us to know something and to see something uh, that that it would not easily be recognized or or seen, and it and it is found in the twenty second uh, verse of chapter one of Genesis. <clears throat> and God blessed them, uh, saying, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters." Uh, of the seas and let a fowl multiply in the earth and where you will use that word fill uh it is an incredible word and i, I we went through this the last uh, couple of weeks um in uh the strong's concordance um number 4390 the word fill uh to be at an end uh, uh to uh have holy uh w h o l l y that kind of holy uh to be to become to draw and it's, it is uh, connected in root to uh, 4394 uh which is from uh 4390 as a setting of gems and uh in 4396 also which con- corresponds to 4390 also repeats the setting of gems like a ring of insignia like gems uh, uh, civilized uh, an endurance of a long time uh, and a long relationship and uh, it it is so important to be able to understand that thing of a, of a word like that. Uh, that doesn't mean that every time that that word is used, uh, that this means that, um, that that is the meaning, that in every case that it is used, that it means uh, a, to, uh, a set of gems. Uh, because you have to use the context. You have to understand the whole context and, and then apply it. And it's just like when you open a dictionary and you see five or six or seven or eight different meanings, uh, you have to pull out the, the, the term that applies to the meaning of the context of what you are saying. So as we understand that, that gets to be very, very important. Uh, even when we got into this uh, interpretation in the second chapter uh, of Genesis, is two, where it says these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day, even that day, which is specifically connected to uh, generations, is from the word yom. So we see that this word yom is vast, and and it can mean many many things as we begin to get into uh, you know all these revelations, and we begin to we see the setting of the gems. Uh, then as uh, tying in uh, to the Ezekiel story in Ezekiel 28 of um, of Lucifer uh, who walked up and down among the stones of fire and how the these uh, uh, stones represented the different status orders of the angels, which were the co- which were the uh, cherubims who were co-owned uh, in him, and and that there were legions and legions and legions and legions of them, and these these angels, the Bible said, were the angels of Lucifer that also fell uh, from the heavens when he fell as lightning, and so so um, those things are so important to um to just get into to to have a total understanding of uh you know because they they are what uh, makes us to see the truth in a, a totally different way and we begin to see on this fifth day the longest day of of creation that that uh lucifer was the uh, assigned um archangel uh co-archangel of of um 
the cherubims and he was um, in um, uh, connection with Gabriel, uh, he was assigned to go and fill in uh, in the guardianship position uh, for the Ophanims when they were involved in spiriting the creation. Now, spiriting creation, let's look at Psalms 104.30. Psalms 104.30 gives us a little bit of an idea, uh, you know, about this, uh, uh, you know, spiriting uh, creation because that is, uh, uh, you know, a a thing that, um, that needs, you know, needs to be understood. Okay, Psalms 104. And we're going to read it because it's such an important scripture. Okay, Psalms 104.30. Here's what it says. Thou sendest forth thy spirit. They are created. And thou renewest the face of the earth. So the spirit goes forth and uh, and uh, and to create. And that's called spiriting creation. Now each of these angels of the 144,000 that went uh, into the creation to spirit the creation uh you know they they entered into the uh, essence of that creation and then with their spirits they begin to spirit creation and and breathe bringing forth the things that had been uh, uh cooperated between uh, the various groups of angels uh that when the signals were sent to them that they send them back and and cooperate it yes this is right and and uh, so then they begin to spirit that spirit of those uh signals and put them into the creations but then we find that Lucifer, who was uh, a cherubim and not an ophanim, uh, that when he he was perfect as a, as a cherubim, but not perfect as an ophanim, and then he he began to change, and he began to decide that he wanted to be above all the stars of heaven, and we know that that he he had the sum of all knowledge, the sum of all wisdom, the sum of all beauty. He was an incredible, beyond uh, almost understanding type of archangel. And uh, and then during this fifth day of creation, uh, when he began to set his gems in it, which were his angels, to be involved in giving and in, in doing these creations, um, uh, he did not want... Uh, now remember, uh, at this point, the angels, Lucifer hadn't fallen and the angels hadn't fallen. And so he wanted to, 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 um, delay the period in which these, uh, human uh, creatures would be made, uh, that were to eventually, uh, bring forth a, a, uh, a body that could be used, say, for, uh, like what Adam ended up with. And, and, uh, he wanted to have, uh, to play his role in that. And so he uh, created, uh, the age of the dinosaurs, which, uh, you know, uh, they say that went on for 70 million years. And, uh, and I believe that, um, that, um, uh, we would be able to see in the scripture that, that, uh, there are some interesting, uh, connections. If we look over here in Genesis, um, we find, uh, that, uh, there is just, uh, important revelation here that needs to be understood because if you don't understand it, uh, then, uh, you are going to miss out on, on, uh, you know, the, the real, uh, revelation that, uh, God wants to reveal. And, uh, so we're going to look at that, uh, and, uh, you know, just see exactly 
what it says here. This would be, uh, actually, we're still in Genesis 1. And, um, and now this is after the fifth day of creation has ended. They have ended it. The cherubims uh, have taken over. Uh, and and um, uh, the ophanims have backed out because now they're a part of this this thing that has happened this, that so far in the spiritual world is called a folly. And but it includes uh, you know Lucifer and it includes uh, uh, the Ophanims that were involved with him, which was two thirds of them, and um, um, not quite two thirds, but just in a rough summation. And uh, so the cherubims came in and began to take over the creation. Now, I'm not going to have time to be able to show you how the, the scripture proves and ties into that, but uh, they take it over in the sixth day. Now on the sixth day. Um, you know, uh, to to show the difference between this creation and the creation uh, uh, that happened on the seventh day of Adam uh, and his situation, uh, let's just read in verse 27. So God created man in his own image and understand that the actual word there was Elohim, which is plural, gods. And uh, if we have time, we'll give you all kinds of scripture for that. I just don't know, uh, you know, um, Hopefully, we still have some time here, so we've got to keep going. <clears throat> uh, in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and uh, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God says, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, every tree in, in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, uh, seed to you it shall be for meat. Now, we see that in this scenario, these angels, which were the cherubim, which had similar kind of bodies uh, to to uh, other angels that, that that had come and taken on these bodies uh, to be able to uh, do a work in the physical universe and have a capability of physical communication, that uh, they decided after this thing on the fifth day and and what Lucifer was doing and some of the plans that he had put into into operation, uh, we see how that. Uh, that uh, that he was involved uh, there with uh, these different crea creations, and uh, we we explained last week about uh, uh, how that those creations were um, were given uh, you know uh, names like whale, uh, but actually if you look it up in in the uh, in the Hebrew uh, and and uh, uh, so forth, you will find out that. That the word actually means land monsters, uh, dragons, and of course that would include, in my opinion, a uh, a, a similitude of of what uh, dinosaurs uh, could be described as being, and um, and so as we begin to see that and understand that and get that down in our mind, uh, it it really 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 opens up this picture that that. Um, these angels did not want to make um, uh, any of these other creatures that were that were coming out of the fifth day, 
and that they were they 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 did not want to make any of those uh, inputs. Uh, some of those inputs were like virtual creations that had been put in there. Uh, that 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 uh, these angels did not want to follow. You know, you know that that idea for bodies. So these angels uh, were showing that uh, uh, they they want to create bodies that were upright people like walking uh, human type of bodies and and so uh this ties in to the four rivers that came out of the uh, out of eden which were genetic rivers but then there's something really important we want to look at here uh we see that during this time of this creation here that uh, which which was on the sixth day, the day after the fifth age, it was the, this is the fifth gener uh, sixth generation age. That they these this group this isn't just one man. This isn't just Adam. This is a this is a, a you know let us make man in our image and let them. Uh, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and 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 we're talking you know a good number of these uh, because to have that kind of dominion uh, just one or two people aren't going to be able to do that and uh, and so we see that there was a creation of all these different kinds of uh, uh, human type of beings and um, and uh, they had been created after the gods like in the image type of bodies they had, not with all the same powers and virtues, but along that, that uh, order. And that, But then we see another important thing, that they were told that they were given the food of every tree, of every tree, which, which uh, is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, every tree. There was no exception. There was no exception. Now here is proof. Here is proof that that is totally different from this uh, seventh day that comes about, and um, and we read it in the uh, you know um, uh, the fifth verse. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field for it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth; there was not a man to till the ground. We're talking about civilized man. Talking about a person who would, uh, because they even know when they go back and they study in in, in this great uh, period of time that they say they have found what they believe are human fossils going back uh, three and a half billion years. That that there was a time that that men did not understand the farm, they didn't understand uh, cultivation. Uh, that didn't come till later when there was civilized man. So there, so there, there was not uh, a man to tell the ground. Uh, it didn't say there was not a man. Period. But to tell the ground. Uh, but there went a, a mist from the earth, and it watered the whole face. And God uh, uh, formed man from the dust. Now here's here's something different. Now to get a hold of this, verse six, uh, chapter two. Uh, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord planted a garden uh, in, uh, eastward in Eden. And there he put the man, the man. Very, very important. Uh, um, there he 
plant, put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground may God grow every tree that is pleasant in sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God tells him that he cannot, he cannot eat, you know, of, 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 of this tree of good and evil knowledge. And they, there also has to be some kind of understanding that they can eventually eat of the tree of life, but they have to reach a certain a, a glory or a certain level. So there are, there are laws that forbid them from eating of these trees. That is totally different from this other group of humans uh, that were told they could eat of any and all the trees. Because these particular trees, which also grew out of the ground, had not been... Uh, uh, growing out of the ground yet had not been created and when they were they were told that they could not the, the eat of those trees and immediately after that in verse uh, 10 and a river went out uh, uh, to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into uh, four uh, heads now it's very interesting that that prior to that uh, it basically says there's no rain that all the earth was being watered with dew but now we've got a different use of water, that, that, that this water that went out of Eden comes back in that also waters uh, the, the Garden of Eden. And now it's because we are talking, you know, uh, uh, genetic rivers. There's a different meaning, and that's why it's not a contradictory thing. It's just a different meaning. And, and eventually we know that, that the Bible tells us uh, in, in the um, Ezekiel, how that that um, Adam was born of of these um, uh, you know these people that were one of those four uh, uh, kinds of people of kinds of genetic river, and and they he was born of the Euphrates people, uh, so uh, these were all part of those people which these angels on the sixth day had made, uh, you know, and and had given them these different powers uh and and so it's very very important to see all of this and to see that there's these four different kinds of rivers now as we are getting into uh the course of of time on all this kind of thing uh you know we see that that satan has become uh, the ruler and the god of this world second corinthians 4 uh 4 and uh we see that um He's become the ruler of the darkness of this world in Ephesians six twelve, um, and uh, we see that um, that uh, uh, there are uh, uh, is a scripture in Revelations eleven fifteen that the kingdoms of this world do not become the kingdoms of God until after that time, and how that even on the Mount of Temptation, uh, Matthew uh, uh, four. Uh, he had this whole world that he offered to uh, to to Jesus. So uh, we see in Revelations twenty that Satan even has the key to the bottomless pit, and and so these these things are absolutely incredibly important for people to come to the understanding that there's something really unusual going on. Now we know that there's all this thing about signal implanting. And we talked about it and, and about these wave transforms that are relational to the number five. And as to convolution uh, implanted harmonically, 
uh, they can jump different time uh, uh, sequences. And this creates an underlying reality. So these wave transformations uh, have, you know, different ways of being uh, described, even like in seven in Second Corinthians uh, 11, uh, 13, uh, verse through 15, uh, the very word ordained means prescribed from before, set forth, and uh, all those very things that we've already, you know, shared with you. Uh, and and uh, then we, we, we have... Uh, some really incredible scriptures of proof, uh, like in um, uh, St. Matthew uh, chapter 13, uh, we have, uh, this, this is so interesting, in St. Matthew uh, uh, 13, uh, we, we, we see a, a parable, uh, and in, in verse 4, 24, um, uh, it says uh, this, uh, and another parable put uh, he forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while the men slept, the enemy came and sold, sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares. And the servant said, you know, what's happened? What, how, how can there was good seed that was sowed? He said, well, the enemy has done this. Uh, and the servant said unto them, what shall we do? Shall we go out and gather them up? He said, no, you have to leave them alone and let them, uh, them uh, you know, grow with, with, the, with, the, uh, with the wheat. At least you end up. Uh, pulling up the roots of, of the of the good wheat with it, you have to let them grow uh, together until the harvest, until the until the end of time, and uh, and uh, so we we see how that um, that has such a bearing, such an important bearing on uh, on the this whole revelation about when did that happen? That happened on the fifth day. That happened on the fifth day of of, of uh, Genesis, and uh, when he said, you know, while we slept, he's talking about while they were in the creation, spiriting, and 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 uh, how that their bodies were sort of in a state of subaudition, and which is sometimes called asleep. So that is, you know, so important. Now let's just look real fast at Mark four, Mark four. This is uh, so very very interesting. And 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 you know Mark or uh, uh, you know uh, tells uh, another important story that uh, you know just must not must not be missed for because uh, you know w without this uh, we don't really know uh, the whole story we we don't we, we don't really we don't really get it uh, okay so let's just read it right here. Um, and uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he began to teach by the seaside, and there gathered a great multitude, and I'm going to have to read over some things, and he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, these parables were doctrines, very important, I mean, that's, if you really look up what that is, you see that's very, very deep, uh, verse 4, and he came to pass, uh, you know, sore went out to sow as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside. The fowls of the air came and devoured up some. Some fell by stony ground and uh, didn't have the depth. The sun was up. It was scorched. Some fell among thorns. Others fell on good ground. Uh, and he hath an ear, let him hear. And uh, when he was alone, they came to him and said, we don't understand this. You know, uh, and Jesus said, well, it's, it, he said, uh, 
uh, unto them, uh, un unto you it is given uh, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That they see, that they seeing, they, uh, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not uh, understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiving them. There is this revelation about not getting converted, not getting your sins forgiven until you are genuinely ready and not becoming like that uh, person who made it into the wedding of the Lamb and, and he had all the information he needed to do that, but he didn't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He didn't have the divine clothing. And, and so there's a, a time for everything. Uh, so then it says, uh, the sower soweth the word. Uh, that's verse 14, and we're in Mark 4. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but have no root in them, and so endure but but for a time, and, and when affliction or persecution arises, immediately they are offended, and and uh, uh, these are they which are sown among the thorns, they they let the cares of the world interfere, uh, and etc., etc. We can see that this story of Satan interfering goes way back in time. It's, it's a doctrine told in parable, not for the majority of people to know or understand, but just for the select people to understand this who do not have the, 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 do not have the, the world in their heart. So these, these stories of the tares, these stories of the sowing of the seed, are, 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 are stories that God has given us about star time. And uh, they're, they're treasures uh, in earthen vessels to those who know the understanding. And we know that we're in star time because we have the scriptures that says that we're going to be able to go on and continue on as long as the sun endures. Psalm 72.5 And uh, it tells about continuing and living as under the sun in Ecclesiastes 8.15 and how that the revelations of things were seen uh, and understood by uh, what they saw under the sun in e Ecclesiastes 9.11. Uh, we begin to see all these things um, on that scripture of the uh, dinosaurs. Uh, you can find that in Strong's Concordance number 8577. Uh, in which the whale is the last word uh, on that list, and the first word is uh, tanin, and uh, that that uh, means land and sea monsters, serpents, dragons, can include dinosaurs. So, as you begin to see that there is a kingdom of Satan, and... Uh, and that even the great fall away, falling away described in Second Thessalonians 2.3 goes along with that. And <clears throat> the ability of Satan to be transformed into an angel of light, 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 11.14, also ties into that. And, uh, and the depths of Satan, uh, Revelations 2.24, uh, all of that ties into it. And, uh, well, I see where I have to stop. And uh, I've run out of time. Uh, 
I guess I just didn't finish. I guess we have to continue next week to finish, but we did get a lot done, a lot said. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to invite you to go to the latest blog on the Manifestor site. It, it's, it's the end of that Acts of America series, and it is most unusual. I've had people calling me saying they never read anything like it. It's just incredible. I, I want you to go in to read that, read that latest blog. And would you please, would you please make a comment, even if you just say, thank God for this word, or something like that. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, O oh God, your healing hand to reach out to those who are sick in body. Your understanding hand to anoint these people, to anoint their ears so that they hear this word and understand it. Oh God, move upon your people, bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. Amen.